Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s. And each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Burgundy and Gold today here on the Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. I'm going to give a big shout-out to former Commanders tight end Logan Paulson for hopping on with us, getting us smarter as we're getting ready for Commanders and Bears tomorrow night. And It's amazing because I've run out of adages. I've run out of sayings. I've been saying it all show long. Sunday was a win or else for me, and the or else well, we clearly see what the URLs was. Things got very messy uh, in the media after Sunday's loss against the Tennessee Titans. But, man, as we sit here about to head into week six, this football team, let's be honest, has really let us down thus far. To put it, to put it nicely, my expectations have not been met. And the question I have out there for you all now, because I'll be completely honest, I, I've reached a point. I've reached a point in this season where a win against Chicago isn't going to really change how I feel about this group. Whether they beat Chicago or not, this offensive line is still horrendous. We still can't get Terry McLaurin the football. Defensively, they're doing enough to win, but they keep giving up big plays. My issue with Washington right now and why, and I'll be honest here, I've, I've given up hope. I've given up hope on the remainder of this season. I have. For good reason. It's not like this is for nothing. I hung on as long as I could. But I'm at a point right now where after they lost to Tennessee and the way that they lost to Tennessee, I've come to the bleak reality that, man, Washington just isn't that good of a football team this year. They just aren't. And the frustrating part about that is we finally seem like we've got a quarterback that has physical ability that we haven't had in umpteen years. We've got a defense that has played much better since the first half against Detroit. And, man, offensively, you have a legit cast of weapons. What's wrong with this group? It's like you can't even put your finger on just one thing as to why this football team has struggled. Yes, we all want to point to the offensive line and the struggles that they've had. But the offensive issues that Washington has had is really just based on the fact that, like we said earlier, 
They don't have an identity. And you have an inexperienced play caller. You got a bad offensive line. You refuse to stick with the running game. How do you expect to have success offensively? You're one of the most penalized teams in football. How do you expect to have offensive success? And that's why I said, and Logan hit it on the head, I'm not alarmed. Well, I am. I actually disagreed with Logan. Logan says he's not worried that this team still hasn't figured out its identity five weeks into the season. Oh, oh, hello. How, how much time? How much time do we got here? And that's the frustrating part, right? You got a Chicago team that you're going to visit tomorrow night that is god-awful. This is arguably one of the worst teams in football. Offensively, they can't do anything, and they can't stop anybody on defense. This is the perfect time to go out and be the football team that you want to be moving forward. Establish your identity this week. It's not too late. It's not too late, but like I said yesterday, the way this whole operation feels right now, it feels as if we're going nowhere very, very fast. But, but a win against Chicago makes you feel a little bit better about everything. Let's take a peek ahead at Washington's schedule here. Let's be, let's be realistic here. Let's, let's take a peek ahead at the schedule. Let's say this football team somehow, miraculously, finds a way to win tomorrow night against the Chicago Bears. That moves you to 2-4 and four on the year. You got Green Bay coming to town in 10 days after that. I don't think that, that, that they're going to be able to beat Green Bay. So that now puts you in a situation to where you're sitting at 3-5. and 2-5, and five, excuse me. You got the Colts that you have to go travel to take on. I think they could beat the Colts. You're now 3-5. and five. You got Minnesota coming to town. I don't think we're good enough to beat the Minnesota Vikings. You're 3-6. and six. Then, Monday Night Football, you got to travel to Philadelphia. You're 3-7. and seven. You see where I'm going here with this? It's going nowhere very, very fast. So you lose against Philadelphia, you're 3-7. Let's just say somehow you're miraculously able to beat the Houston Texans, another team that is handicapped offensively. You're 4-7. and seven. You beat Atlanta. You're 5-7. and seven. Then you got the New York Giants two weeks back-to-back. I don't think you win either of those games. Five and nine. Then you got San Francisco. You're five and ten. I don't think you beat them. That's the best defense in football. Week 11. I mean, week 17 against Cleveland. I don't think you win that. You're five and 12. They're staring a five and 12 finish smack in the face right now. And if I would have told you this offseason, after all the optimism that we all had about this group, that they were going to finish with five wins, you'd look at me like I had two heads. I'd look at you like you had two heads. This is why this game in Chicago, like Jonathan Allen beautifully put it, is win or die. It's do or die. What type of team are you going to be? Are you going to be the carpet of the National Football League where everyone just steps on you? Are you going to be a team that competes? Because right now, as we currently sit, this is not going to be a playoff unit. That'd be your second straight year talking about Ron Rivera missing the postseason. You've got some big contract decisions to make in the offseason. The way that this team finishes the year is going to be so vital 
to the future of the organization. Does Ron Rivera get to choose another offensive coordinator? Because we all know the way this is headed. We all know the way this is headed. If Washington loses tomorrow night against the Chicago Bears, how do you justify to the fan base Scott Turner remaining the offensive coordinator of this football team? If you lose tomorrow night against Chicago, how do you justify Andrew Norwell still being your starter at left guard? You see where I'm going with this? And this is why I dubbed last weekend a win or else. And I said the or else is up to them. They're going to get to decide with their play and performance what goes on for the remainder of this season. N-E-L-L underscore BTP is how you reach me on Twitter. My man M. Jones 397 says, Every time I hear someone reference the 80s, the 90s, hogs, etc., it makes you want to throw up. Those days are gone. We can't establish an identity because people won't let go of the past. Oh, Mike Jones. It's interesting, though, because I, I, I am very understanding because there is a faction of callers out there and a faction of fans that feel as if, you know, we only want the team to run the football because of the Hogs. That has nothing to do with why I want this team to run the football. I don't want to be disrespectful when I say this. I don't really give a damn about the Hogs. That was before my time. I respect it. They're a part of the history and tradition of the team that I root for. But respectfully speaking, I can give a damn about the Hogs. Seriously, I want this team to be able to run the football because it's going to help open up the rest of their offense. That's why. Not because of the Hogs, not because of Doc, not because anybody's in my ear saying, hey, Linnell, say run the football, say run the football. It's about how I believe and how I view offensive football. It may be different from you. It may be different from your daddy. It may be different from your granddaddy. This is how Linnell thinks. This team, in order to open up the vertical element of this passing game the way that they would like to, you got to make teams respect you running the football. You do. And it's not even about making teams respect you. I guess it is. But I'm more worried about the consistency. I'm more worried about the amount of attempts. I'm more worried about, like I said, your identity. Who do you want to be offensively? Because right now, there is a conflict of interest. Because I tr- and, and it's crazy, because I wanted to give Scott Turner the benefit of the doubt. I did. I really did. He didn't have a quarterback his first year here that he wanted to work with, so the offense struggled. I got that. Last year, the guy that you wanted to work with was Ryan Fitzpatrick. Now, I hope Scott Turner wasn't an advocate of choosing Ryan Fitzpatrick, but if he was, so be it. He got hurt. You didn't get to work with him. He had to deal with Taylor Heineke last year. So I was okay with the offense struggling. What we're seeing right now, through the first five weeks of the season, there's no excuse for it. There isn't. There isn't. You've Everyone's got to be better. When I say you, I'm talking about Scott Turner. But the whole group as a collective must be better. Receivers included. Receivers included. That last play of the game. Where Carson Wentz throws an interception. God bless his soul. We love Terry McLaurin. Terry McLaurin got completely manhandled at the line of scrimmage and messed up the timing of the of, of the route and of the play. Got completely manhandled at the line of scrimmage. I need more from my best guys. Right? 
this is no, this is not me trying to throw shade on Terry McLaurin. This is me making an overall general statement. The good teams in the NFL, their best players always come to play in every moment. So if Washington wants to take the step offensively that they need to, if Washington is going to create an offensive identity and establish an offensive identity, it's going to take all 11 on that side of the football, the offensive line, receivers, quarterbacks, coaches. It's a group effort here. It's a group effort here. Because you think it's bad now. You think the questions are tough in these press conferences right now. Let this football team lose tomorrow night to the Chicago Bears, and you see, you see how the narrative and the tone will change around this place. We've been here before. We've been here before. We've seen this group bottom out. The only difference in this is I don't think I've ever seen this group bottom out with this much talent on it. I, I honestly can't remember the last time we had an all, a, a football team that was this talented here in Washington that was this bad. And that's the frustration. The talent seems to be there. Something's missing. What's missing? I don't know. Is it somebody that's already on this roster that can come in and contribute that's not getting an opportunity right now? Is it somebody out there on another team that we need to go out and acquire? I don't know. But I do know this. You lose to the Chicago Bears, and you're telling everybody in this town what type of season this is going to be. Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress-them-on-the-third-date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. Selling a little or a lot? Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage. Shopify is here to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify has got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with the internet's best converting checkout. 15% better on average compared to other other leading commerce platforms and sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. Shopify powers 10% of all e-commerce in the U.S. and Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning 24/7 help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash odyssey podcast all lowercase go to shopify.com slash odyssey podcast now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in shopify.com slash odyssey podcast 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. Thirty, Ethan Cadeau, NBC Sports Washington Commanders Insider, set to join the show. We'll ask him the question that we asked Logan Paulson and the question that we've been asking you guys all show long. What is the offensive identity of the Washington Commanders through the first five weeks of the season, and what do you think it should be moving forward? 301-230-0980. I want to look, I want to be positive here for a second because everyone accuses me of being the negative one over here, the, the, the loudmouth person that's yelling and screaming, and somebody called me, it felt, felt like I was, felt like they were at a Jerry Springer show listening to me do radio. Look, I'm passionate. I care. But as you can see, I'm starting to not care either. If they're not going to care, why should I care? That's that's why I've reached with this football team. But the question I want to pose out to you guys there on the Team 980 listener lines, 301-230-0980, N-E-L-L underscore BTP on Twitter and Instagram. You can get at me there as well. If Washington is able to beat the Chicago Bears tomorrow night, does it change your outlook for the remainder of the season? Does it give you any more confidence that Ron Rivera and this staff are going to get it figured out this year? Because Jonathan Allen said it best yesterday, and it was so real. So I love when Jonathan Allen gets a microphone in front of his face because he's the most authentic person in that building. If... Washington loses tomorrow night against Chicago. Does it make you look at anything else differently for the remainder of the season? John Allen put it so eloquently yesterday. It's do or die. This is it. You don't get to come back from this. Most teams don't. But the silver lining on all of it from the guys on the inside of that locker room is when Ron Rivera took over here in 2020, Washington started out 1-4. and four, And they limped their way into the postseason. If Washington is going to have any shot of going on a late season run or turning this, or turning this thing around, the buck has to stop here. You can't lose to Chicago and try to consider yourself a legitimate playoff contender. It doesn't work like that. I, you, you can't sell me on that. And the thing I've always said, because we were, we've were we been looking at this stretch since Dallas, ever since I dubbed it a must-win in Dallas. I've been looking at this stretch of games coming up ever since Dallas. If you lose to Chicago, that puts you to 1-5 on the year, and then the rest of your schedule is daunting. It's daunting. You have 10 days after you play Chicago tomorrow night. So if they do lose, I expect significant sweeping changes to be made during those 10 days. I do. But if they win, 
I don't know if it's almost bad for them if they win. I really don't. I, I, it, might, it might be bad to me if they win. And here's why. And here's why. I'm of the belief that the process that they started in 2020 was a flawed, senseless process. Hiring Ron Rivera and giving him complete autonomy of the roster was senseless. And now I'm at a point as a fan where I'm trying to get out of this quicker. I'm not trying to dig the hole any deeper. I'm not. And I think the quickest way to getting to the end of this thing, talking about Ron Rivera and him being here, the quickest way to getting to the end of that is about them losing tomorrow to the Chicago Bears. And quite frankly, for them to continue to lose. I'm not one to put a Band-Aid on things. I'm not one to try to patch a hole. Rip this thing from the ground up from a front office standpoint. It should be an attractive job whenever it opens up. You've got talent galore at the wide receiver position along the defensive line. I mean, there are folks on this football team, despite what the record says, that will go on other teams and be legitimate contenders and contributors. So I'm I'm, I'm done. I'm done with the notion that it's just a pure talent issue. Let me take that back. On the offensive line, <laughs> Andrew Norwell and Nick Martin and the ghost of Trey Turner, that, that, was a cha- that was a talent issue. That was a talent issue. But the rest of the offense's failures isn't on talent. Because no matter what you want to say about Carson Wentz and whether you love him or you hate him, you can't deny the fact that he's fifth in the National Football League in passing yards. You can't deny the fact that he's fifth in the National Football League in passing touchdowns. Numbers don't lie. They don't. They might not necessarily tell the whole story, but they damn sure ain't lying. So despite all the failures that this offensive line has had, Carson Wentz, from a statistical standpoint, is succeeding in spite of that. Doesn't he get credit for that? I think he should. Is he worth $28 million? Probably not. Is he better than anything we've had here since Kirk Cousins? You damn skippy, hippie. 301-230-0980. We'll take a couple of your calls here before we get Ethan Cadeau on from NBC Sports Washington. Does a win tomorrow night in Chicago change your outlook for the remainder of the season? Let's go to Ron, who's in Frederick, wants to tap in. Actually, go to Toothpick, please. I didn't even know. Toothpick's on the line forever. Go to Toothpick, please. What's up, Pick? Hey. What's good, Neil? What's up, man? I'm, no, try, I'm, man. Try, I'm trying to hold yeah, it together. Listen, listen, our offensive identity first is to get punched in the mouth and not react. <laughs> and then we don't change anything. We don't put our guard up. We don't do none of that. We still think that going in chin first is going to help us. And that's because we have an offensive coordinator that's unwilling to adapt, right? Right. If you plan against a good run-stopping team, then that's when you need to hit them over the head with the deep pass, the crossing routes, the short routes. You hit those things. But if you have a team that's secondary is really good, but they plan a three-man front, you need to run at them until they come out of the two-high safety look. Is it when tomorrow going to change anything? Change anything? No. Only thing it'll be is a start. 
you have to pile these things up together for the whole thing to change. Well, that's where I want to ask you this. You said you said it's a start. You said it's a start. A start to what? It, it'll be a start to something. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> just Come on. maybe they they start off like this. Hey, don't 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 get me wrong, Neil. I don't think they <laughs> have the ability to do it because you have the talent. The only thing you got to right. fix is your offensive line, and that's picking up the phone and calling one Mister Eric Flowers. <laughs> do what you we all do. know they don't have the. They have too much pride. Pick. It's sad. It really exactly. Is. But Linnell, is it is it possible to fix it? It poss- Yes, it very well is. But will they? I doubt it. I doubt it. Hey, I appreciate so, the call, you know, pick. That 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 raises a great question because we, we're gonna we're gonna hit on that hard after we get Ethan Cadeau on the line. But that's that's interesting to me. What Toothpick just said. If you win tomorrow night against Chicago, it's he believes it's a start. I'm sure a lot of the fan base will feel that way. I don't. I don't. Because the difference between this and what happened in 2020 is your schedule was cupcake soft. If they somehow, somehow pull a rabbit out of their hat and are able to beat Chicago tomorrow night, doesn't mean mean they're going to beat Green Bay the next week. (laughs) Doesn't mean they're going to beat Indianapolis the next week. The schedule is legitimately difficult. After this Chicago game, you're about to enter the most difficult four to five game stretch of the season by far. You got Green Bay, Indy, Minnesota, Philadelphia. Houston's no slouch. You're about to enter a five-game stretch that really is going to dictate the outcome of your season and determine what type of football team you want to be. 301-230-0980. Let's go to Ron in French. What's happening? What's going on, Ron? Hey, man, I really like that last guy's take, and I'm enjoying your show. You're doing a great job. I appreciate you. I'm worried about you, though. I don't want – you're too young a man to be on hypertensive medication. (laughs) Uh, I I have finished my molting process, so now I can look objectively at the Ron Rivera era of coaching. We have a dinosaur at head coach who's also the personnel director. He knew we had a woeful defensive backfield. Oops, see, I slipped. I guess I'm not quite done with my molting process. <laughs> but we, we slipped. He did nothing about the defensive backfield. He did nothing about the offensive line. And you have two all pros that are gone. And you didn't get anything for them. The problem when you guys in the media say, and I love you, don't be mad at me for saying this, Go ahead. we have all kinds of talent. It's where you have the talent and where you don't have the talent. And you can't go out and start making phone calls and find a reliable offensive lineman at guard or tackle or center at this point in the season. And that's why nothing's going to change if they win, because they don't have the ability to to address their weakness. In the offseason is when you do that, and Rivera didn't. Have a nice day. Hey, I completely – look, I completely agree with everything you just said. That's why I have the mindset that I have currently. Nothing's going to fix the problems that Washington has unless unless the solution at offensive line is on the bench. See, we don't know that, though. We don't know that, though, because Andrew Norwell got his ass whipped for four quarters on Sunday. I guarantee he's going to roll out as his team's starting left guard tomorrow night. I guarantee it. 
I guarantee it. It took four terrible performances from Trey Turner for them to make a personnel change. So either the talent behind them is sorry or they're just too loyal. And we all know how Ron Rivera operates. I think it's an issue of loyalty. You want to talk about building a culture, and I'm about to go off on a tangent here. You want to talk about building a culture. How the hell, what message are you sending to the rest of the guys in your locker room about building a culture? Trey Turner practiced, I, I swear to you, I swear to you, ask anybody on the beat. At most, all summer, Trey Turner practiced four times. That's it. Yet, you rolled him out as your starting right guard week one against Jacksonville. What type of message are you sending to the rest of your group if that's how Things are going to go. It doesn't matter if they beat Chicago. It doesn't matter if they beat Green Bay the next week. At some point, the message must remain consistent. And that's been the issue with Ron Rivera. When things have gotten tough, the message changes. You got to be the same person whether you're 5-0 and or 0-5. That's what guys in the locker room respect. That's what guys in the locker room want to rally behind. And until that changes... She'll be more of the same with this group. And I do agree with the last caller. Personnel is an issue. And I think he made a very astute point. Yes, this team has talent. But like the last caller said, it's where you have the talent. 301-230-0980. Let's go to John in Oklahoma. What's happening? What's going on, John? Hey, thanks for taking my, hey, thanks for taking my call today, fellas. I, I really appreciate it. Uh, I, well, you know, football, it hasn't changed. It's not going to change. If you ain't got the horses up front to pull the wagon, you, you your wagon might as well be in the mud puddle. You know what I'm saying? No, because I feel The front line, the front, it's it's one at the front line, man. I mean, last year they had a patchwork offensive line, but they put it together, and, and it made a lot of difference. Everybody was worried, but it came together. And Ron, this year, he didn't even he, – he, I guess he thought he didn't have to address it. And we don't even have the same players we had last year. Most of them, you know, are, uh, you know, hurt or traded or whatever. But, you know, defensive line also. But, I mean, we got some good players. Sweat and pain. I, I think Allen's a little overrated. And uh, huh? uh, the guy that's hurt, I can't think – I think it's overrated a little bit. He's a – the uh, defensive end that's hurt. Chase Young. What's his name? Chase Young. I'm sorry. I can't believe it. I forgot. You know, he, he's pretty much a one-trick pony bull. Hey, I appreciate the call, man. we got Ethan Cadell, NBC Sports Washington, Commanders Insider, coming up next right here on the Burgundy and Gold today. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com. Team 980 and always streaming live nationally on the free Odyssey app. Youngest in charge movement. Linnell Willingham taking you up to 3 o'clock before we dish the rock to the Hoffman Show. He'll take you on your afternoon drive home. Continuing to preview Bears and Commanders tomorrow night. I'm at a loss for words at this point because I can't believe that we've already reached this point in the season. We're not even at Halloween yet and nothing matters. 
Nothing matters. During the break, talking to the producer, Matthew Essig, and I said, wow, I asked the question of if they win tomorrow night in Chicago, does it change your outlook for the remainder of the season? Hell no, it doesn't. It doesn't. Because guess what? After Chicago, you're getting ready to enter the most brutal five-game stretch of your schedule. And if you don't come out of that 0-5, then maybe, then maybe you'll have some type of success. Joining us right now on the Team 980 guest hotline is NBC Sports Washington beat writer Ethan Cadell. You can follow him on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadell. Easy E, my man. How you doing? I'm all right, man. How are you? Good, man. I'm surprised that you're all right because you're one of the people that are tasked with going over to Ashburn on a day-to-day basis and, and <laughs> being around the dark cloud uh, that's that's surrounding that place right now. Have you seen the Grim Reaper while you've been in the locker room? Is he, is he there yet? No, and if you go <laughs> in the locker room, you'd be surprised. You'd think they're three and two or four and one based on how confident, loose, energetic they are, which I guess is a good thing. I, one thing that's happened throughout the past four or five days is everyone's reiterated how much confidence they have within one another, which is great, but at some point – a results-based business, and you got to start piling on some Ws. Yeah, you mentioned the mood and demeanor of that locker room. Obviously, COVID had restricted you guys from being in there the last two seasons. Based off of what you've been able to gather in there, you say the mood in there is positive. Everybody's upbeat. We know yeah. tomorrow night against Chicago is a must-win. Are they treating it that way in the locker room? I heard Jonathan Allen with an amazing quote. They just need to give him the microphone every time. <laughs> I feel like they are, and they realize that after this game, they have a long sort of week, but, I mean, the Packers are up next after that. They're not the world beaters we've known them to be the last few years, and if you look down the schedule, there are a bunch of winnable games, but then on the flip side, but then on the flip side, you look at all these opponents, they look at Washington, they're like, that's a very winnable game. So, I, I don't want to look too far ahead because, like you said before I came on, if they lose on Thursday, the season's over. It might already be over, to be honest, if you look at the rest of the division, 4-1, and 4-1, and 5-0. and yeah. But I, I feel like the mentality is in the right place. They are treating it as a must-win game. Their leaders, as you mentioned, Jonathan Allen are. I think that'll trickle down to the rest of the guys, and they should beat Chicago. I don't care. It's a short week. I don't care. It's on the road. If you just look on paper, yeah. they are much better. The only issue is the sport isn't played on paper. And we've seen this team play up to its competition, but also down to its competition. So that's where I'm at. Sunday against Tennessee, Ethan, it felt as if this football team was going to find a way, reach down deep inside internally and just find a way to come away with that football game. Obviously, Carson Wentz throws the game ceiling interception at the goal line. After that, I dubbed, I dubbed, look, first of all, I'll go back and say this. I dubbed Sunday against Tennessee a win or else. And I said the or else would be up to the team and the coaching staff about what the narrative was going to be here in town. You obviously were in the presser when Ron Rivera made the comment that he made about Carson Wentz and that being the major difference between Washington's rebuild and the rest of the teams in the NFC East. I want to ask you the same question that was asked to Ron Rivera. What do you think the biggest difference has been between Washington's rebuild in comparison to the Giants and the Eagles rebuild? For one, I don't think it's quarterback. Cooper Rush and Daniel Jones are not the reason that both Dallas and New York, respectively, are winning games. It is they're coached very well. Not saying Washington isn't, but we've seen a lot of 
miscues from the coaching staff this year that I'm sure even Ron Rivera and the rest of them will admit they haven't been great. But also it's the talent gap. I mean, you look at the amount of depth and also stars that these other teams have. I mean, besides Jonathan Allen, Terry McLaurin, and a few others, how many of Washington's starters would start on other teams? Mm. I really don't know. That's a great question. And, and it's just like they doubled down on their roster from a year ago pretty much with the addition of Wentz, thinking, oh, we had this gauntlet of a schedule. Now we improve a quarterback. We're going to win three or four more games. That's not how teams work. All these other teams are getting better. Instead of drafting for high ceiling or high floor, kind of low ceiling guys like Washington did, you see the Giants go out and get Kayvon Thibodeau, who looks great even after he's missed a few games. And then Dallas, they got Michael Parsons last year, who's probably the best defensive player in the league right now. There's just too much talent on all these other sides. And I didn't even mention Philly, who went out and traded for A.J. Brown, even though they have a budding star receiver in Devonta Smith, too. All these teams went out and got better. That James Bradbury is an addition to Philly, too. Whereas Washington kind of just doubled down, and we've seen the results. They just don't have enough talent. Joining us right now on the Team 980 Guest Hotline is NBC Sports Washington beat writer Ethan Cadeau. You can follow him on Twitter at Ethan underscore Cadeau. Every time I talk to you, Ethan, Carson Wentz is the topic of our conversation because he <laughs> plays the most important position here in town. As we sit here five weeks into the season, Ethan, what's your confidence level in Carson Wentz moving forward for the duration of this thing? If you asked me a week ago, it would have been pretty low. Right now, it's a little bit higher than – I think maybe it should be, but I think he played really well on Sunday. As do I. The offensive offensive line did zero favors for him. They were without Jahan Dotson, who, as you know from being there at camp, and I know throughout the offseason, that was his guy. Terry wasn't there through the spring. Jahan's been his guy. That's a big loss. I don't care if he's a rookie. That's been a big loss. And I will also say this, the play calling on Saturday, especially the goal to go, did not help once at all. How are you going to have no type of – motion or type of sprint out anything to get the players moving to create leverages at the goal line rather than him dropping back like he has 40 yards to work with when the Tennessee's dropping nine players on that final drive there's nowhere to throw the football and I don't blame Wentz on that he threw it as hard as he can he can throw it as hard as any quarterback besides maybe Josh Allen in the league it still got intercepted and I don't think that's his fault I think that's a lack of creative design offensively and I think He's the easily want the person that everyone likes to point as the scapegoat, but right. he's not the reason they're one and four. Sure, he's had their str- his struggles, but he played more than well enough to win on or yes or on Sunday. And I think they can win if they get better production from other places. But I don't think Wentz is the issue as much as other people want it to seem that way. Ethan, I want to go back to the offensive line for a second because we, we've we've talked about this off the record even during camp. We saw this last year. It just felt as if Ron Rivera, and I don't want to just blame Ron Rivera because this is a whole entire staff thing. Obviously, he has the ultimate you know, say-so at the end of the day. It just seems like there's a reluctancy to bench players based off of poor performance. And this is a two-part mm-hmm. for you here, Ethan, because we know you're out there at training camp. Trey Turner practiced about four times during that entire training <laughs> camp, correct? Right. Yet they went out and lined him up as the starting right guard against Jacksonville. What type of message are you sending to the rest of your team? You want to talk about changing culture and preaching competition. That's not it. Yeah, and the thing with Trey Turner is they did pull him in the Dallas game now, but that after, was – After four weeks, he, even. It took a month. Yeah. He was off. Yeah. 
And to be fair, they tried Wes Schweitzer out at right guard to start, but once Chase Roulier went down, they had to move him over to the center. And then he got hurt too. Right. But I I will agree with you there. Like Trey Turner, as you said, practiced what twice, three times. He's dealing with a quad injury. We never really saw knew if he was back to full strength, and all of a sudden he's just a turnstile there at right guard. <laughs> I was I was impressed, not impressed. I was I guess I could say relieved that Ron Rivera made the decision to put Sadiq Charles in, even though Trey Turner is one of his guys and has been one of his guys dating back to the Carolina days. But in the post-Dallas press conference, he made it clear that they pulled Turner because he was having a quad injury, not because he was letting every single Cowboys pass rusher go right by him. <laughs> it's, amazing, then, it's amazing, though, Ethan, because not, not to cut you off, buddy, but I mean, he did the same yeah. thing with William Jackson last week. You're exactly. allowed, you, like you're pick. You can't pick and choose who you want to call out in the media. So it just makes the whole Carson Wentz thing look even worse to me, man. Like no way. Right, and the William Jackson thing, real quick. He spoke with us after the game and said his back was acting up. But then Ron Rivera didn't mention his injury at all, like he did for Turner. He said, "Nope, it was <laughs> in the flow of the game. That's what we decided to do." And we asked him again on Monday if that was the case, and he was like, "We just pulled him, and we're going to leave him at that." Wow. Ethan, it's interesting, man. That's why I said you guys have the toughest job in America, my man. To try it's like pulling teeth, asking him straightforward questions. And that's why I said Sunday against Tennessee was a win or else, and clearly we see what the or else is. Uh, it's gotten extremely messy over there at the park. Ethan, the question I kicked off the show with today uh was, you know, through five weeks, Washington clearly has struggled on the offensive side of the football. Ethan, if I asked you right now, and you had, you know, a couple sentences to answer, a couple sentences, excuse me, to answer this. What do you think Washington's offensive identity is? And then what do you think that they want it to be? Well, I don't think they have an offensive identity. And <laughs> I think that's the truth. What they want it to be is a run first team that set up the play action and allow Carson Wentz to pick his spots to go throw the ball downfield, but they can't run the ball. They've had success running the ball against Dallas and they go away from it. They don't have an identity, which is why Scott Turner's play calling from game to game is so inconsistent, which is why you don't know what you're going to see, but you do know it's not really going to be successful because <laughs> the players don't know what's coming yeah. after that first 15-play script. Like, I could throw it back at you. What do you think their offense identity is? You'd probably say the same thing. We don't know because yeah. they haven't stuck to something. In week one, it was all about the short passing game and getting their guys in space. I thought that was a great plan. AG had like 71 receiving yards. Get him in space. That's exactly what you want. We haven't seen anything close to that in the past four weeks, and I don't think that's because the defenses are shutting it down. I think it's just they've gone away from what was working, and I don't really understand why. Yeah, I think it's a multi-layered situation when you talk about you know Washington and the the lack of success that they've had on offense. Obviously, you mentioned Jacksonville; they come out and have you know extreme success. Carson Wentz throws four touchdowns. Multiple different guys getting involved. But that was the first time the rest of the National Football League got to see Washington's new big play offense on film. I think it's just Washington not being able to adjust to the way defenses are now, you know, coming out and lining up against them. As you mentioned, they want to be, you know, their their identity should be, and I agree with you, multiple to a degree, but I do agree with trying to establish trying to establish the run first because of all the things that it can help open up down the field vertically for them. But, man, when you have an offensive line like this that's struggling to pass protect, I'll read you uh, some of Carson Wentz's dropback numbers this year. Uh, Sunday against Tennessee was his fewest dropbacks of the season with 38, 
we were talking in camp, we were both of the agreement and both of the mindset and thought that, look, yes, you're bringing in Carson Wentz. Yes, you have these weapons on the outside. But look at the recipe for success that he's had in his career in his other stops. The magical number for me, Eve, when, when talking about Carson Wentz and throwing the football, 25 to 30. And I think mm-hmm. going back to that identity thing, that's the biggest difference between a team like Washington and Tennessee. You, you'll probably agree with this. The talent disparity between Washington and Tennessee isn't some glaring thing. But Tennessee has an identity. They're going to stick to the running game through hell or high water. You saw it on Sunday. Derrick Henry yep. had a couple of explosive runs, but it was a lot of four- and five-yard hits that, that turned into six and seven as the game wore on. Do you think it's too late for this team to develop an offensive identity? I don't think it's too late just because they have, what, 12 games left, and that's, that's still three-quarters of the season. That's right. a lot of football. We've seen teams fall off. We've seen teams get hot. Historically, I know fans don't want to hear this, but Ron Rivera's teams always start slow. He's never started fast, but in November and December, they usually play their best. I am going to – I don't think he deserves it right now, but I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt and say his teams are going to get better. They are going to get healthier. Jahan Dotson should be back probably next week. If he, I don't think he's going to play this week. Uh, Wes Schweitzer should be back soon. I know he's on IR, but once he comes off that, he should be able to return – once they're able to have a formidable offensive line, maybe they add some guys in free agency, there are still some names out there, and they can run the ball, I think they're able to establish identity. I just don't think with their current personnel on offense, it's going to be easy for them to start putting up 27, 30, 33 points a game because teams know what they're doing now. And I don't know if they know what they're doing, but the defenses do. <laughs> Ethan, so I was saying this. Obviously, Chicago – must-win football game. Let's play devil's advocate here. If they do somehow find a way to lose tomorrow night against Chicago, they obviously have a 10-day gap between Thursday night and then their next contest, which is at home next Sunday uh, against the Green Bay Packers. What type of changes would you expect this football team to make uh, if they're able to, if they're unable to pick up a W tomorrow night? If they're unable to win tomorrow night, that's tough. I don't think. <laughs> I know. Look, I, um, I, I gave the line of look, man. It, some people might be might not be going back on the plane. <laughs> <laughs> I don't. I don't think there's going to be any big swooping changes, staff wise or anything like that. Even if they lose, I do think there could be some personnel shakeups, especially defensively. I don't know if William Jackson's going to play a lot on Thursday, but. If he does and he struggles again, yeah. I don't know what they're going to do with him, but it's going to be the Josh Norman final season-esque sort of thing. Yeah. And then there's other places they can easily make changes too. So they can't keep rolling out the same squad and hoping to get different results because that's literally the definition of insanity. Yeah. So hopefully, for everyone's sake, they take care of business in Chicago. I don't want to say this, but I'm going to say it anyway. I think Green Bay is beatable. We saw them. Uh-oh, what they were just. <laughs> we saw what they did against the Giants. Yeah. They they don't have a ton of offensive weapons besides their Hall of Fame quarterback and two running backs. I'm not scared of Romeo Dobbs or any of those other guys. But we'll save this conversation for next week, hoping yeah, that Washington hoping. is able to win. Ethan, I'll put you on the hot seat here before you go. Do you think they get it done tomorrow night? I do, and I think it's going to be ugly. I don't think it's going to be as ugly as Broncos Colts because I don't think you can get that ugly again. But I wouldn't be surprised if the final score is 19-16, 20-17, 21-14, something like that. I think the under's great. 
I don't think there's going to be a lot of points, but I think it could be a get-right game for the defense, especially when Chicago's scared of the forward pass. Well, for your mental health on the job, man, I hope they get it done tomorrow. Always good <laughs> catching up with you, my man. Appreciate it, man. Thanks for having me on. That's NBC Sports Washington's Ethan Cadeau. Make sure you give him a follow on the Bird app at Ethan underscore Cadeau and maybe send him a DM or two about his clothing selection, one of the flyest guys on the beat. we got to take a quick timeout. When we come back, we'll continue to take your calls on the big question of the day here on Burgundy and Gold today. Five weeks into the season, guys, what is Washington's offensive identity? And it's a two-parter for you. What do you think it should be? I'll continue to tell you what I think, plus take your calls next, right here on the Team 980 in the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. We get it. Attention spans just aren't what they used to be. Heads in social media and eyes on Netflix. But what do people do with their ears? Well, for one, they're listening to audio. Americans spend 4.4 hours with audio every day. Oh, and you want the proof? Well, you just sat through this ad that's now approaching 30 seconds. What could you say to a potential customer in 30 seconds? Let Odyssey put together a media plan tailor-made for your unique marketing needs. Advertise with Odyssey. Visit ads.odyssey.com.